Welcome to Raising Queens, not just a podcast, it's a movement. Here's your host, Carmen Rosas, a mom, entrepreneur, and queen bee with a love for boba tea and random dance parties. Hey, queens, welcome back. We are here with episode number two of Raising Queens, and I have a amazing um, self-love coach here with us today, Brittany Yalachich. I hope I said that right. I've been practicing. And uh, Brittany's a self-love coach for women, ready to let go of toxic relationship patterns and become available for new, healthy love. She's the author of the book, You Woke Up Worthy, and blogs at lifeasbrittany, B-R-I-T-N-Y.com. So Brittany, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm super excited. And I know that we talked about, you know, how in week four of my book, we cover self-love as a superpower. So I love that you are episode number two, because I feel like, and I'm, I'm going to guess that you agree, um, that self-love is like the foundational piece for like your entire life. And obviously for relationships, tell me a little bit about um, what you do just kind of as a self-love coach. Yeah. So, um, I totally agree by the way, <laughs> with what you just said, mm -hmm. I do believe self-love is really the foundation for fulfillment in our life and being available for the great things that we desire, whether it be love, money, success, you know, all those good things. And what I do as a self-love coach is I work with women who have been in toxic relationships who have, um, you know, really gone through some not so, not so fun things in their love life. And they're at that point where they're really ready to let that go, love themselves and realize that they are worthy of something healthier, something more long lasting and, and that they don't have to settle for less in order to get that. So yeah, I love, I love, love what I do. <laughs> I love that so much. So from a personal experience, um, and some people may or may not know my story, not so much on Raising Queens, but you know, in the online space and with my book, I've shared a little bit of my story on how my relationship with my daughter's father, when we finally ended, it was 10 years, but it was very volatile, very toxic. There was some abuse and it's kind of, you know, I'm an attorney. I'm a life coach. I've been running a successful business for seven years now. And, you know, there's still moments I'm, let's see, what is it? Six, uh, three years out of it. Um, and I still ask myself, how did I allow myself to that much like mistreatment? Like, how did I allow myself to stay in such a crappy relationship for so long? Right. And, um, I love that, you know, because now that I'm dating and we've had conversations now that I'm dating, I see some of that stuff like creep back in, right? Where it's like, oh, it's these old patterns and old habits based on like what I learned. And, you know, I did a conversation with someone else the other day about how some of the trauma is like ancestral, right? It's like almost like it's in our genes. It's in our, there's so much that needs to shift and change. Um, and I do have your book by the way. Um, and that one, the way you woke up worthy, it's like journal prompts, right? Where you like ask your affirmations. Um, cause I did, is it like 21 affirmations or something like that? Or am I totally? Well, 
There is, so there's um, affirmations that you say every single day. Mm -hmm. And then every single day of the 21 day experience, there is a new prompt. And sometimes it's journaling. Sometimes it's like an action step, but yeah, it's like self-love activities. <laughs> and it gets intense. It gets, it, yeah. I mean, it gets intense because it does require you, you know, and some of it, okay, let me ask you this question. I have some kind of like standard questions that I ask, but since we're on this topic of your book and just kind of, um, the mindset shift, like in believability, right? Because this is something that I realize I have trouble with in terms of affirmations. It's like, I say it, but then my ego is there and it's like, you're lying. Like, why are you lying to yourself? That's not really how you feel. Like, do you, how have you, cause I know, right. You kind of come, you're approaching this with your own personal experience, right? Like how have you, how did you kind of overcome that hump? Like, this is believable. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so I, when I think back to the very first time I did, I did mirror work. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of mirror work, but mirror work is when you have a mirror and you actually say these things to your face, like actually looking at yourself. And I remember the very first time I did that and it was, it wasn't even a crazy thing I was saying to myself. I was saying, I love you, Brittany you're enough. I'm proud of you. And it was so emotional. And I remember actually I had to start with like a little compact because the thought of doing it in like front of a big mirror was just too much for me. So I had this little bitty compact <laughs> and I was just like looking and I was bawling my eyes out because just saying those words felt, it felt so foreign. It felt so deep. And I knew as soon as I did that, I was like, wow, I must really need this you know, and for me, it is an inner, you know, affirmations aren't just words. It's that, it's that energetic shift inside you. It's, it's like telling yourself the things that you always wanted to hear your whole life from other people, <laughs> but instead you're doing it for yourself. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it does start out feeling a little bit, maybe really emotional, like it was for me, or maybe you'd like you said, like, you're like, oh, is this, this is not even real. Like this doesn't feel real. It sounds like I'm just you know, puffing myself up. But over time, I feel like, and I, what I do is I tend to blend affirmations with energy stuff. Mm. So you're not just doing the affirmations. I combine the affirmations with you're hugging yourself and you're actually sending yourself very mm. consciously sending love and compassion while you're saying it. So even if the words don't resonate, that energy will, if that makes sense. So they kind of combine together. Ah, okay. That's interesting. And yes, I, so I've done mirror work and it's one of the prompts in my book actually for the self-love chapter. Um, and I will say that when I first started, I was like laughing at myself first. And I think that's because mm -hmm. it's fine. Sort of how I shift energy was in what I've noticed along my healing is like, I will laugh at things like hysterically when it gets uncomfortable. Um, and then it, then the tears come. <laughs> and so, um, when I started, I would laugh at myself and then it was like these tears and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? Like, where is it coming from? And, but after it feels so much lighter and just so much, like you love yourself that much more, like whatever it is that, you know, you're putting out there, whatever affirmation you're saying, it definitely shifts your energy and your thinking of yourself. Yeah. And for those that are listening, that if you're really struggling with affirmations, I would say you could even go and find like a photo of yourself from when you were younger 
and just tell, so like have a picture, have it framed or put it on your, you know, your phone or whatever and say those words to her, that little girl version of you, because you're still telling it to yourself in that case. But uh-huh. sometimes for some reason, it's easier for us to tell our younger version, those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will still impact you for sure doing yeah. that. It'll give you a lot of more compassion and love for yourself. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes even when we're, you know, doing the mirror work, it's our like, you know, inner child or whatever it is that people want to call it, but it's like that little girl or that person like within us that from when we were younger or, you know, when we dealt with any trauma. Um, so yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that. Um, and let me ask you, um, cause we are raising Queens and we're talking to all these Queens out here. What does queen mean to you? So first of all, I love the name of this podcast because I'm not sure if you realize this, but my community is called Magnetic Queens. <laughs> my oh, Facebook. Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> awesome. And I have a habit of telling people, hey, queen. So, <laughs> but for me, a queen, um, you know, in the way that I define a queen, it's it's a woman who is empowered. She is magnetic just for being the person she is. Like she, and she knows that she's magnetic. She knows she's worthy um, and she loves herself. And from that place, that's where her power comes from, right? Because we think of queens, we think of these are powerful women and that power in this, and for me, in like the modern day sense is it's coming from that belief, that empowerment, that love, and, you know, that ability to um, actually pursue what you truly desire. And also the queen, she doesn't take any shit, right? Like, you know, <laughs> she sets boundaries with people. She treats, she teaches people how to treat her. She's not going to settle for less. And so it's not just the fluffy stuff. It's like the real stuff, you know? And um, I just think of a queen as someone who, you know, she's not afraid to go where she needs to go in order to get in or in order to grow and to really go to the places that she wants to go to. Like she doesn't let anything stop her. (laughs) Yeah. I love that because especially because when I, so when I think of queen and I've told this, you know, and I've shared this a few times, but um, when I think of a queen, I think of like power and grace, like power, not as like, you know, a B-A-T-C-H, like coming from a very masculine energy, but power from like a very feminine energy. Um, And what are your thoughts in terms of, like masculine and feminine. And maybe that goes into, I don't know if that's something that you cover when you talk about self-love, but what are your thoughts just in terms of like feminine masculine energy and, and self-love, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I know a lot of love coaches talk about um, masculine and feminine energy a lot. I don't actually talk about it too much. Um, but I do, I do, you know, see the value in that for me. I think we all carry both. We carry Mm -hmm. feminine and masculine. It's like that yin and that yang. And for me, Matt, you know, the masculine is that part of us that wants to, you know, go out there and make things happen and very logical and like strategic, let's do it this way. Um, not as emotional. And I think about feminine as being that, surrender that that part of us that's able to surrender we're able to trust our intuition we're able to say okay I don't know how this is happening but it's going to Mm -hmm. and just being in that like you said state of grace and flow and being receptive and open to possibilities I feel like we need both um and one thing 
I guess this is kind of a pet peeve of mine from other love coaches is I just find that sometimes they're leaning too much on saying as a woman, you're only feminine Mm -hmm. and the man is only masculine. I feel like that's kind of disempowering. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that you get to, you know, decide what it is that you, that you want in a relationship and your match will respond to your energy. And I believe that in, in certain points of your relationship, sometimes your partner, whether he's a man or another woman, you know, they're going to be in their masculine and you're going to be in your feminine. Sometimes it's going to flip flop and you're going to be in your masculine and they're going to be in their feminine. I think that's the more modern take on it is that we get to be whole beings (laughs) and we get to, you know, depending on the situation, depending on what's going on in each other's lives, we get to be support each other in the ways that we need as humans, right? Because a man can't always be masculine and a woman can't always be feminine. We need we need both. That's yeah. my opinion. You no, may I am in complete <laughs> agreement. I'm in complete agreement. But I will say, and it's funny because there are, you know, I there are other, you know, in the online space, there's coaches, all kinds of coaches, and they all teach, you know, the same thing but differently, right? And so um, there's a coach I know that teaches kind of like dominant versus submissive, which is essentially the same thing as like masculine and feminine. Um, and kind of seeing that terminology and like looking at the energy and looking at my relationships and I'm able to see that I need to have an equal balance um, because I have been in relationships where my masculine is really strong and I almost feel like the very toxic ones (laughs) are when I was fully like in my masculine energy where I'm getting things done like this is how it's going to be. He was also fully in his masculine and it was just like cutting heads, which was not a good look. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. You know, it was not a good look. Um, So I really, I do believe that it's all about balance and, you know, this give and take, right? It's kind of the same Mm -hmm. thing in terms of energy. When you have a partner, it's, you know, like you said, and it's funny because as I'm dating and I see kind of, and since I'm more aware as I'm dating, you know, I see men and I'm like, oh, he's on, he's like PMSing this week because it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, he's in a mood. (laughs) Like, let me give him his space because not necessarily that it's like feminine energy, but there's some type of like change that's happening where he's not fully in his power. I don't know if that's like the right word to say, but that's kind of how, how it feels. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. I know what that feels like right before, you know, it's the time of the month or my cycle's about to start and I just want to cuddle up and eat chocolate. Um, and I was like, he's going through it too in a different way. Um, but I definitely think that the key to like, I guess life is just having that equal balance of masculine and feminine. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also I feel like with like back into it when we bring when we feel whole and love ourselves, we don't judge ourselves for going through those periods we just oh this is just natural it's okay it's safe yeah. and I don't have to chase this person or like try to change them to be what I need them to be I can just be who I am and attract what's right now yeah now let's go into that a little bit. Um, so I have a couple of girlfriends, like we're single, single moms. Um, and right. We don't want to waste our time. 
doing all this dating and then we just like end up nowhere. Um, and even for, you know, like the younger girls that are on here who are just starting to think about boyfriends or relationships, right? Because we have some preteens, teenagers, um, adult, you know, we have such a range of listeners that what are some like tips that you have, um, when, I don't know if it's like the self, I don't know if you want to talk about the self-love, I'm going to let you take the reins, but just kind of like when you're looking for a partner, like obviously self-love, it's like starting here first and then going outwards, but I'm going to let you kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So just to make sure I understand your question, you're asking me like, what's the process that you go through in order to attract a healthy relationship? Yeah. For me, self-love, it actually has to start with healing the past Mm. because a lot of times if we just try to jump to self-love and acceptance without doing that, it's like trying to, it's like trying to like dress yourself up without taking a shower first. (laughs) Mm. I mean, or like put makeup on and you have like Like last night's makeup. (laughs) Yeah, like you have like last week's makeup and you haven't washed your face in like five days. And you're like, oh, I can just put some makeup on top of this. Like it's probably not going to work, right? And self-love, like it can feel even, it can honestly even feel really um, wrong and weird and uncomfortable, like even more than it has to if you don't do the healing work first. So for me, like healing, when I say healing work, it's forgiveness. It's letting go of and forgiving yourself first. So forgiving yourself, forgiving other people that have hurt you, even if what they did was wrong, you know, it's really more about loving yourself. Forgiving others is a way to love yourself. So you don't have to have that connection to them anymore. You can really move on with your life. And it's also about, you know, really learning from what happened in the past too. Like saying, what did I learn about myself? what I learned about what I don't want moving forward, what did I learn about what I do want, you know, like really letting all the things that you've gone through work for you rather than against you. And I feel like we can really become empowered in that healing process of like, wow, like everything that's happened, you know, up until now, it has, you know, brought me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have to necessarily go through that trauma to be the person you are today but you get to use that, you know, use that to move forward. And I feel like it's kind of like you get to reinvent yourself. You get to choose what you no longer want and then choose what you're taking with you because there are sources of power that you got from those experiences that you get to take with you into the future. So really it's like closing the door on that past, Mm -hmm. but not in a shove it under the rug way, like actually letting it it all hang out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually facing it, which is so scary. You know, like there are times when you're doing this work and you're like, I don't want to do this. I just want to go to the fun bubble bath part. Right. Like, (laughs) and that's something I say a lot is self-love. We have, especially if like nowadays we're seeing all this stuff about self-love and it's been really commercialized Mm -hmm. to an extent where it's all about go get yourself a massage and go buy yourself some new lipstick. And those are all beautiful things to do for yourself. And (laughs) self-love is also about being real with yourself and being willing to face the stuff that's scary and uncomfortable and being willing to heal and love it. That's self-love is really being willing to heal and let go and 
loving on that little girl, you know, that maybe didn't get mm-hmm. the things that she needed. She didn't hear the things that she needed. She didn't get the attention that she desired growing up. And so it really starts in those, in that past. And really you can't change the past, but you can change how you perceive it and how you're carrying it with you into the future. So that's where my self-love begins is there when I work with clients mm-hmm. and in my programs. And then from there, we can move into like boundaries And what I've discovered is that a lot of times when we have toxic patterns in our relationships, it, it comes from a source of like codependency. Mm -hmm. Like we feel like this person has to meet all of my needs or I have to meet all of their needs or else they're not going to love me and I'm not going to have this person in my life. And so, you know, being able to heal some of that and realize, oh, I deserve to be loved no matter what. And this person deserves to be loved. And, you know, and we don't have to, you know, basically people please and be a doormat and do everything for someone else in order to gain that love. Um, It gets to be healthy, you know, it gets to be different. And so it's really kind of an eye-opening phase for a lot of women is realizing, oh, I get to just be me. That's enough. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, and, and dating yourself. So like everything, mm. this might sound so cheesy, but yeah, it's starting with like the ladies in my community um, and in my paid programs, I say, you know, I want you to start doing for yourself what you wish a guy or a, or a partner would do for you. So like going and like really romancing yourself and it's going to feel so weird. <laughs> but you are worth it, you know, and still practicing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I noticed you have the flowers back there. I'm like, Oh, I like that. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it starts with, you know, and so it's these kind of shifts that seem like they're not that big, but they all add up. And one day you realize, wow, my energy has really shifted and you're not available for the types of people that you used to be available for. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're, are vibrating at a whole different frequency. And so you're, even if you do attract someone like that and they don't stay around for very long, you know, maybe one date, whereas in the past you might have dated that person for like a couple months or years or something, right? Year, so, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> or it's just like, it's an evolution, right? And it, everyone has their own timeline. So it might take a few months for you. It might take a couple of years, but that's yeah. In a nutshell, I guess <laughs> that's kind of um, what it is. I, you know, and I, you know, just from personal experience, that's kind of what I saw. So when I first got out of my toxic relationship, I jumped into a relationship. Well, it's not even like a relationship. It was like, it was like, I was taking breadcrumbs and I'm like, you know, I woke up one day and I was like, what are you doing? Like you're starting all over again. You're taking the bare minimum and you deserve way more than that like and I get that it's you know like and I'm like no he doesn't have to do and be my end all but I also know that I deserve more than what little breadcrumbs I'm getting and um I was like I'm putting in so much more effort like I was doing more you know and part of me was you know going back to when I was like in high school you know like I or even when I more college because in high school like I had one boyfriend and I dated up until college and then when I was in college and I would always approach men and I don't think that there's anything wrong with it but I was just like oh I'm just more confident and I just take initiative which I do in other areas but what I was doing there was not 
being a leader, right? It was more of this, like, I need somebody else to fulfill this void that I have from essentially childhood, right? Like I, and then I ended up in a 10 year relationship, which was, you know, I got my daughter. So that was the greatest blessing ever. Um, and then I realized, you know, I woke up, you know, one day and I was just like, what are we doing? We're starting this cycle all over again. And it wasn't until that moment where I was like, oh, and then not, so going back, I had, I, I've been in a relationship since I was 15. This is probably like the first year and a half that I've been single and just kind of dating. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, oh, looking at my patterns, I was like, I'm very codependent. Like there are things that I need to work through because at the end of the day, um, the longest relationship I'm ever going to have is with myself. And if I'm not okay with being alone with my thoughts and giving myself everything that I could possibly need, not saying like, oh, I don't need a man in that way, but it's like, I don't need anyone, no man, no person, no external thing to give me complete joy and happiness and to show me my worth, right? So I love that so much. Um, And the romancing part that you talked about um, is interesting. So these flowers actually, <laughs> I got for Thanksgiving. I hosted Thanksgiving. And so um, my daughter, well, actually my daughter wanted to have flowers for Thanksgiving. And so we have, they're still alive. See, but like, see, you're already, the fact that she had that desire and felt comfortable expressing it, that's such a beautiful sign from you, if you think about it, because she's, she is emulating you. Yeah. So like, how beautiful is that? You know, know, and it's true. Like that was, so if any, for those of you listening, if you're like, I'm not going to romance myself. Well, you know, you want flowers, like everybody, no matter what people say, they're like, oh, flowers are going to die. I don't want them. Or you'll have a plant, like something like buying flowers or chocolate. I felt like were the first step for me um, to like romancing myself. And then I'm like, okay, it's time to take myself to a new restaurant or a dinner or to the movies and try something that I want to do without waiting for someone else to accompany me. Right. And just enjoy that time alone. But my first step was flowers for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, like, so I want to be clear, it doesn't have to cost money. The things that you do for yourself do not have to cost money. So if you're thinking, well, I don't have the money to buy flowers or chocolates, that's okay because there are a million ways. So think about if you're in a relationship and you want to like do something special for your partner, instead of thinking of, Oh, this is my partner. Think about what can I do for myself? And so for example, maybe when you're eating dinner, you light some candles and it's just you. Okay. Like, and you just like eat your food at the table, not rush, like shoveling it into your face. Like, you you know, actually enjoy that time, put some music on, you know, that counts. Um, Also, you know, you can put sticky notes all around your apartment or like hide them like in your journal and say, I love you. I'm proud of you. You know, like think of the things that you would do, those small things that really aren't that small. You can do them for yourself. And it's just, we don't think to do it for ourselves. We think, oh, that's weird. That's selfish, you know, but it's not. It's really not. Um, I want to approach, I want to talk about this selfish topic too, because it's a big one that's come up. Um, Because, so 
the other thing I was thinking of, you're like, well, it doesn't have to cost money. And it doesn't like, I think of like a new hiking trail I want to go on and I'm like, okay, I'll go, you know, by myself or I'll take my daughter depending on childhood situation or like the beach, the beach is like my happy place. You know, the ocean waves, energy, all of that. Um, I think it's just very grounding because I have lots of air and fire in my, um, in my chart. So I think the water kind of helps ground me. Um, but I will take myself to the beach or I'm like, I want to go look at the stars and, or I'll step outside in my backyard and just like stargaze. Um, and I'll do it alone. Right. So you're right. It doesn't have to be cost anything and it's free. It's just doing the things that you enjoy doing, but like on your own, right. Like me time kind of, um, and the other thing um, that you brought up was the self-love and how it's been commercialized. And, um, and I feel like, and I did a video, like a, a Facebook live probably months ago on self-love versus self-care, because I feel like so many times those words are interchanged. But for me, self-care is great, right? It's like taking a nap, taking a bubble bath. It's like, decompressing right like taking care of your mental health but for me self-love goes way deeper and I think that you know it's the healing it's the getting clear on like boundaries and practicing those boundaries and that's a different level than just this idea of self-care um what are so let's talk about self I mean I know we talked about a little bit of self-care and self-love and then I want to also go into the selfishness and I think that comes up around both of them um, on how taking care of yourself is seem is um, perceived as being selfish, um, and I have my own thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours first. Yeah. So first, am I answering about selfish or self care versus self love? <laughs> uh, let's do self care versus self love, and then we'll go into selfish because it applies to both. <laughs> cool, cool. So for me, I actually consider self love kind of like in the the umbrella, and self care is one piece of that umbrella, you know, cause like self-care is an aspect of self-love. Like for some people, self-care feels like, oh my gosh, like I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. I have other things, other people need me. And so for some people, um, this might be kind of a funny example, but <laughs> maybe self-care is like your gateway drug into self-love. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's a great way to, yeah. That's actually a great way <laughs> to explain it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's like that first step and people are like, you know, and it's not super deep yet, self-care, but for some people that feels really hard and it's something they've never done before is really make time for themselves. And so maybe for a lot of people, it starts with self-care and I'm not dogging self-care. I think self-care is great. Mm, And then I think once you start to make that time, that's when you actually spend time with yourself and you realize, wow, there's a lot of stuff here that I never really gave myself a chance to explore, to heal, to let go of. And there's desires, there's passions, there's dreams of my own here. But sometimes if we don't do the self-care, we don't even get to that point where we're thinking those thoughts because we're just surviving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think self-care wow. is, it really is that beautiful first step of like, I'm worth it. I can have this time. And then in that time, maybe over, you know, a series of months or whatever, you're like, okay, I'm beginning to see that there's so much more beyond this. And that's where people maybe get into the other parts of self-care. Well, you know, you're sitting there, right. And you're taking a bubble bath and it's you and your thoughts. And of course you go through your to-do list and everything. And then once you're kind of through there, as long as you're spending enough time in there, the self like worth issues you know and like the deeper things start creeping in and you're like 
oh, where is this coming from? What is this? And then, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love, I love that. And I'm going to quote you self love, self care is the gateway drug to self love, but it, it <laughs> is right. You know, it totally yeah. is. Um, and so in doing that, right, because it's, as women, I feel like we've been so conditioned and it, and I come from, so I'm half Mexican. So coming from a very traditional now, you know, our generation is so much more Americanized, um, you know, or like modern, but the traditional Mexican woman, right. Is home cooking, cleaning, taking care of being very domestic women in general, right. Um, have, there's that, con that societal, um, condition that's kind of on us or has been placed on us. Um, so for women to take time away from their children, away from their husbands or partners, away from like the kitchen or the home is seem, you know, is considered selfish um, because it's like they don't care about everyone else in their family because they're taking care of themselves. So let's hear your thoughts on selfishness. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, for me, I like to look at, like, when I think about words like this, I think, like, let's zoom out and if, let's just imagine that we had never heard before and there's none of this negative connotation to it. It's just a word. Right. And, you know, you just look at the word selfish. Okay, cool. So it's talking about the self and you're basically inclined towards the self. That's basically what selfish means. Um, if you're not having all this negative stuff in there. And for me, if, if you are starting with yourself and you're filling your own cup and you're taking care of your needs, then when you are in relationship with other people, not just in romantic relationship, but in general, in the world, you're no longer going into a relationship needing something from other people in order to feel enough or in order to feel like you're, you're here and, and you're okay and, and you're worthy. You just know, okay, like here I am, I'm a self, <laughs> I'm good. I'm great on my own. And then I want to go out and, and experience the world with other people around me. So for me it, to, I actually flip it on its head to me, it's selfish. And when we think about selfish in a negative way, it's selfish for us not to take care of ourselves first, because then we go into the world expecting everyone else to meet our needs. Mm. Everyone else has to make us feel enough. Everyone else has to make us feel worthy and like we're meant to be here and, and all that stuff. Like we're just like desperately needing that validation from everyone. Yeah. So when we take care of ourselves first, it's the, it's not selfish. It's actually the most selfless thing ironically that we can do. But if I, if I had it my way, we would totally, look at that word in a different way. Like I can't even talk about it without using the word selfish because it's like in our, our language, but mm -hmm. I think the word selfish could actually be a super beautiful word and actually selfless could actually be a problematic word. If we really think about it, you know, um, it's tricky because we have it the opposite way in our, in our society. Yeah, so, so <laughs> you know, look, listening to you talk right now and listen, you know, hearing the word selfless, like it's like, less self and then it's you know like just switching and you're like well that doesn't make sense like why would I want to care about yeah. myself less like yeah yeah it's tricky but <laughs> I, I'm glad that I was like this sounds confusing probably how I'm trying to say this but 
I love words and I think they're fascinating when you just I like want to be a linguist when I was like in high school. Yeah. I was like, why? I was like, who decided that blue was blue and who decided that green was green? Like, why can't green be blue? And it just kind of like, <laughs> I was like, who got to decide that? <laughs> and it's so fascinating when it comes to like these things that we're healing and letting go of from like centuries. Cause maybe a one, maybe a long time ago, selfish wasn't a bad thing. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know, but it could be. Like, I mean, I some man decided that. <laughs> oh, you're selfish. Oh, you're, you're selfish because you're going to go take a bath <laughs> and you're going to like wash your pits and your private parts. And that is selfish. Even this, like the phrase, you're full of yourself. It's mm -hmm. like, well, who else would I be full of? You know, <laughs> Yeah. you, you know, like, come on. It's, it's yeah. weird, right? Yeah. And you know, and it's, it goes back to that, right? It's like, cause you go out into the world, if you're not taking care of yourself and not, you're not meeting your own needs and you go out into the world and you're projecting all your crap onto everyone else. And, you know, I remember, um, so I dated a guy last year and we broke up in January and you and I have talked about this and we broke up at the beginning of the year. We're still friends. Um, and I talk about him in my book but there's a quote. So, you know, it's like, oh, I know what I bring to the table. And I was always approached it like, I'm smart. I'm ambitious. I'm not, you know, like I'm beautiful. Like I have, I'm a great catch. And so sometimes I would say to him, I know what I bring to the table. And one day he goes, I know what I bring to the table and I'm not afraid to sit alone. And I was like, like that hit home. So, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I can bring the table and I can bring the chairs and I want to fill it all up because there's still parts of me that is not willing to sit alone with my own baggage. And in moments where we would, you know, argue, I was projecting like, this is what I need you to do for me. When in reality, and what I've learned healing through this year is that it was everything that I needed to do for myself. Like it's never been something that him or any other partner or any other friendship or my daughter, right? Like, I don't want to put that, you know, it's, it's things that I needed to learn to give to myself and focus on myself and be more selfish, um, before I could be, you know, the best version of myself in anything that I do and work with my clients as a mother, as a friend, whatever it is. Right. So yeah. <laughs> and ironically, like, you know, when we feel the need to tell everyone else who we are, usually like, like our energy tells people who we are. We don't really need to announce who we are. If you think about it, right? Like yeah. the, if you're loving yourself, self-love can be silent and be like so freaking powerful because mm -hmm. people can sense that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes it's more of our ego talking when we're like, this is who I am. I'm this, I'm this, I'm that. Um, it's actually more that part of us that's saying, what if I'm not this, I need to tell them just in case they don't know, you know, and just in case they don't figure it out, I need to like, it's make like, sure they know. Who do I need to prove it? Like, who am I really proving to? Right? Like, exactly. am I proving it trying to prove myself to them? Or am I trying to prove myself to myself? Like, exactly. that this is who I am. And this is my worth. And that these are all the great things that I bring to the table. Um, ooh, that was a good one. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's fascinating though, right? Like how our minds like sometimes, and I think that's, it's tricky. Sometimes we think that we're being, um, 
where we think that we're acting from a place of self-love, but it's actually not love. It's, it's the ego, it's the fear speaking. Mm -hmm. And it can be tricky. Like it can be so tricky, you know, um, to, to know the difference. And it's still something, I mean, I always say this in everything I write and every time I teach anything, I say, I am on the self-love journey with you. I'm in the trenches myself. You know, I'm always working on this stuff and anything that I give as an assignment or anything I share, these are things I did too. <laughs> I don't believe in saying you need to do this and I haven't done it first. So, right. um, yeah, I'm constantly checking myself with these kind of things. I was just going to ask you that um, <laughs> because it's like, is, you know, with healing, right? Because there's so much like that we're working through. And, you know, for me, it's like 35 years worth of, since I came to this earth of things that I'm working through. Right. Because, and even maybe even longer, right. Maybe 36, because when you're in the womb and there's all of these theories, right. Um, but it's like 35 years worth of stuff that I'm trying to fix in two, right. Or that I'm trying to fix in a year. Like, like healing in general is, is self-love kind of that same journey where you always need to practice it. And sometimes you may wobble and you may, you know, fall back into old patterns. Like, is that, you know, something that happened? Like, I mean, I know, but I'm like, oh, it's just because I haven't been like doing it enough. You know, I haven't been on the journey long enough. Um, but is it something that you think is kind of not like long-term, but is always like evolving, I guess. I don't know if that's the right. Yeah. I mean, do you mind if I get a little woo woo for a second? <laughs> Not at all. So no, so this is super woo woo. Like we're all over the place here. Like I'm very woo woo. I mean, I have my, my, this is my moon calendar right here. I, <laughs> I have it. my moon calendar and then I have my regular calendar. So I know when the full moon is, I know like all the phases of the moon, um, right here. <laughs> so let's it. do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. So for me, I look at self-love as kind of like, it's like a mission that we are all on here on this earth to live. Because if you think about it, you know, earth and human life is hard and we're constantly, you know, being given something that makes us, that could easily make us question so much about who we are mm -hmm. and our worth. And, you know, if we're lovable, if we're enough, all that stuff. And I feel like we're basically on this, you know, practice training ground our whole lives. And it's like, but do you really love yourself? Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, and it's like kind of our, it's like what we're here to do is to come back to love over and over and over again. And I don't look at it as a one, it's not like, okay, now you did your forgiveness work, never again, you're good now. Like, I look at it as this is, as long as you're living, you know, you're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing this work, we're all going to be doing this work. And, you know, first, I, and I think that's so important because I've seen a lot of people and even points in my own journey where I had a different mindset around personal development and around this work where I thought, and I've seen this in a lot of people talking about it, like, they, they look at it as, oh, you just got to fix yourself. And then once you're fixed, everything's going to be great. But that is actually not a very self-loving approach. It's actually really traumatizing because every time that you do all this work and you still have those moments of doubt or I don't know if I'm worthy. And then you think, oh my God, I'm not fixed yet. 
So that means I'm broken still. That means that all this work I did was for nothing. So you can easily come and, you know, fall into that trap and feel worse than ever. Yeah. So um, that's something I actually talk about in my book is like, you know, you want to be really conscious of your intention to do this work and remember that you're not trying to fix anything. You're only, you know, basically you're growing. Your only goal is to grow, is to learn something and to try and over time, hopefully coming back to love takes a little bit less time. Like maybe the first time it took you years to realize I'm worth more than this. Maybe the next time it only takes you one year. Maybe the next time it takes you four months. Maybe once it takes one date and you're like, nope, I'm not going back down that road again, you know? And every time you're getting a little bit more of your power back, you're like, oh my gosh, I did it, right? Like in the past, I totally would have fallen for those red flags. I totally would have thought I needed to do this and do that in order to be loved. And so I look at it as like, look at every small step forward as a huge celebration. Mm -hmm. And there might be periods in your life where you come completely quote unquote backwards, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to last forever. And it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. You know, sometimes we just go through real life trauma Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it completely throws us for a loop and we kind of have to start over, but you're not ever really starting over because you get to take all of those things you already learned with you. So I don't, I look at it as, as long as you're living and you're breathing on this earth, you're doing the work, you know, it never ends. It it doesn't, you know, and I love that you say that because so, right. My first relationship was, was 10 years, um, of putting up with kind of nonsense. Um, my second, not relationship, but, um, I shouldn't say first cause that wasn't my first, but that was where it was like, I started my own spiritual and personal journey was when I turned 30. So that was six years ago now. Um, but actually it was before I was 29 when I started, I picked up Gabrielle Bernstein's book. Um, I think it was make cause miracles was just coming out. Um, and I started on my own journey and that was kind of when I like woke up. Right. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I putting up with? Like, who is this woman? Um, and then when I got out of that relationship, it was like a year of like, just kind of back and forth. And then this last time was really like more like six months, um, where I kind of stepped back and, but after that, like that period in January, when we broke up, it was like, holy cow, like I could see clearly everything that I had stepped back into. And so at first I was like, why didn't I know better? I should have knew, but you know, it's like, you get down on yourself and it's like, you know what? No, because we haven't, that was still an area that needed to be healed. Right. And it's, you know, this idea that the lesson will keep reappearing in different ways until it's been healed. Um, and so I honestly believe that I went from, you know, I went from 10 to one to six months. So now I'm hoping this next go around with whoever, you know, I decide to get into a relationship with, like I'm firm in my boundaries right away. Like I'm not trying to do everything for them because I don't expect them to do everything for me. Um, so I really like that. You know, it's like it, you become, as you become more self-aware, right. And it's self again, the self issue, right. <laughs> it's like knowing who you are, the easier it is for you to kind of like, be like, Oh wait, I see what I'm doing. Now let me shift that and get out of that pattern or habit that you used to. Yes. And I, I consider that a huge one. I remember the first, when I went on one date 
and I, I saw the red flags. I was so proud. I mean, obviously it wasn't the best date, but afterwards I was like, I'm so excited right now because it was a weird, it was kind of got weird. I was like, I was actually happy. I was like, yay, I saw it before <laughs> anything <laughs> happened. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, celebrate that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a process. And as long as you're growing and learning, like you're not doing, you're doing everything right is what I say, right? Like mm -hmm. as long as you're learning from it, even if you took a few steps or maybe a lot of steps back, as long as you're growing and learning, you're good. Um, now let me ask you, because obviously self-love and self-worth is big for you. It's an entire, so it's funny because I have a whole week on just reclaiming your power and looking at your relationships. <laughs> and then I have a whole week on just self-love, right? This is kind of like a, you know, a walkthrough book, but the guide is, and obviously this is like, it's an intro. Like this is just an appetizer to kind of like introduce people to different areas that they need to really tap into who they are, um, to really create a legacy. So we're going to go into legacy now. Um, and tell me what your thoughts are. Um, give me maybe three things in which like self-love or doing that kind of work can help contribute to a legacy or someone's legacy that they're building. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like as women, you mentioned before, like ancestral, like generational, mm -hmm. like trauma and, you know, as women, we are, I mean, even in this modern world, like we, even like, if you're in a relationship where like both parents are involved, there does tend to be like still that lean towards the mom, you know, that she's really spending the most time with the mm -hmm. children. And so for me, if a mom and whether you're a mom or not, because we all have people that we're impacting. Mm -hmm. But like when you love yourself, you give others permission to love themselves too. And I feel like when you heal from the past, you also heal your mom. You heal like because they feel the shift too. So like they feel it, the generations after you obviously feel it because they get to be around you. And they don't, you're not carrying all that stuff that maybe your mom carried or your grandmother carried. Like you actually stop the patterns instead of continuing them. And I think that's so powerful. You know, imagine a world where women feel worthy, you know, and like they, they feel this without having to go through, you know, 10, 20, 30 years of their life before they realize it. You know, I think that's so powerful of a legacy is loving yourself. Um, even with boundaries, when you see someone holding powerful boundaries, like, I don't know about you, but it inspires me. I'm like, wow, like, mm -hmm. that's amazing, you know? Um, and it just gives, it's like, okay, I can do this too. So it kind of gives everyone hope that they can do that too. Um, so that's one area. So I think it like, it heals people on such a deep, deep level, seeing self-love out there. And the more we have it, the more of there, the more there's going to be, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard that song. Um, you know, they say, what the world needs now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is love, self-love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> it's true. You know, and you know, I hadn't really thought about, um, I mean, obviously it probably has popped up and I think in conversations with other, um, with other coaches, um, the generational thing. Um, but I have noticed that since I started on my kind of journey um, and now that I coach, my mom, I've seen huge shifts in my mom, right? Where she is, yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, she is like stepping up and owning her power. Whereas when I was younger, 
I was like, I don't ever want to be like that. Like, I don't need, you know, like it was kind of like, I wanted to go the complete opposite way, but little did I know that it was just healing for both of us that I needed to do. And then I see my daughter who's four and a half and thinks that the world revolves around her. And there's moments where I want to be like, the world doesn't revolve around you. But then I'm like, but why not? Like, why should I tell her, you know, there's the life is hard and there's all these lessons that she needs to learn and understand that it's just not easy all the time. Right. And then I still have my own issues with that because we can manifest and create the life that we want, but that's a whole other topic. But she dresses the way that she wants. She is like, I like this. And I'm like, it doesn't match, right? Because that's just kind of my mom and me coming out. I'm like, it doesn't match. Like, or my mom will say, you're letting her leave the house like that. And she's in like an aerial costume with like you know, <laughs> her hair, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, you know what? She likes that. I'm not going to tell her that it's wrong. I'm not going to tell her what she likes is wrong. And so, yeah, definitely generational. Like as I started doing the work on myself, like it went back you know, like it went retroactive and now it's like helping with the future. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like what's interesting is that when we love ourselves, it's almost like, and we start giving other people more grace too. Mm -hmm. So they, even if they are still like not on their own self-love journey or they feel that love from us. And sometimes they just need that just to like get started, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, giving that person grace and being able to forgive, being able to say they were doing the best they could. Like when we love ourselves, we're so much able, we're so much more able to love and give grace to other people. Yeah. You know, like it's the just like, you know, that when that, we're yeah. critical to other people, it's because we're critical to ourselves. Yeah. I was going to say the word that's coming to me right now is just like, it's non-judgmental. Like it's almost like when we give ourselves the permission to like love ourselves exactly our, as we are with our flaws, we're giving other people permission and they don't feel like judged you know it's not like yeah. you know we have that energy of non-judgment like we're all doing the best that we can and that's yeah. it and then the topic of boundaries I have a girlfriend who's I feel like is really really good with setting boundaries and I was like I tell her I was like I admire how well you like hold your boundaries like no matter how many times and so seeing her I feel like I've been able to practice it more and people are like let's go out let's do this and I'm like no I don't want to. They're like, please. And I'm like, no, it doesn't feel good. That's not where I want to expend my energy. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I was able to stand firm, right? Celebrate all the little wins. Yay. That's so great. It's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. It all compounds, right? It totally mm -hmm. compounds and you, it, it gets to one day you don't, you might not even realize because you forgot what it used to be. It just becomes <laughs> so natural for you to take care of yourself and your energy. Yeah. Um, so I know you gave us the generational kind of boundaries in self-love. Do you have two other ones? Um, well, I think even financial. So like when you love yourself, you also become available to receive more in your life. You pursue your passions, you know, you, and it, again, that creates a ripple effect too, because the more empowered women loving themselves out there, you know, making money and spending money in a really beautiful way, like that's going to impact the world too, you know, and it's going to impact the generations too. So yeah, I look at it that way. And then, Ooh, what's the third one? Um, <laughs> let me think, let me think. Um, we kind of gave me two with the, the first ones with the self okay. yeah, so like, and boundaries. No, yeah. so <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. I feel like that was kind of a separate one. Yeah. Um, no. So it's funny, right? So 
um, with my book again, it's, you know, I love it because it's like you are talking about every single topic in a different way, right? Just from the self-love perspective. And I'm talking it from like an entire legacy, but self-love fits into so much of that. Um, because I have, um, I think the chapter after self-love is your money story. Like what is your belief about money? And it's the idea that once you recognize your self-worth and that you're worthy of receiving all the money or abundance, right? Because that's the word that gets thrown out a lot um, in your life, then you start getting more and you start receiving. And I say all the time, like your money story is connected to your self-love story or how you feel about yourself. So I love that. Um, if somebody was just starting on their self-love journey, like listening to you for the first time and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to get on that train. What would be like one tip that you would share with them or that you would say to help them get started? So I want to share something that I feel like anyone can do no matter where you are, no matter how much time you have. Like, and if you start with this, I feel like it really will make a huge difference. Um, I hear that howling wind. <laughs> oh, can you hear the wind? <laughs> awesome i was like oh yeah it's like it's, it's it's providing a mood for me now yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so i call it a self-love minute so okay. basically um you take a moment wherever you are close your eyes and you actually hug yourself like hug your body and i want you to imagine that you have this pink light of compassion of love of acceptance just showering you it's showering your whole body and in this light you just feel at peace you feel like you know compassion and love and nothing you could ever you could never do anything wrong in this light you're just enough right and you just hold that feeling hold that feeling of being in that space of just unconditional love and forgiveness and compassion and you know, you can really turn up the volume. Like imagine that you're turning up the volume on your favorite song, but instead you're turning up the volume on that feeling as high as you can go. And you can do this for 30 seconds. You can do it for a minute. I call it a self-love minute, but you can do this no matter where you are. And you think, you might be thinking, oh, that's not going to do anything, but I'm telling no, I you. Just, so I just did it right now and I felt it in my heart and I was like, uh oh, like we're not about to cry on camera, <laughs> but it's, you know, and it's cause you know, I, and that, what I love about it, and sorry for interrupting, is that we go about our day and what's, we're busy and we're hustling and bustling and doing our day-to-day -day stuff. And yes, maybe, maybe we stop and take a bath, but even just that like moment of, which is very different, right? It's even different from the mirror work. It's different from the self-care or, you know, doing nice things for ourselves, but just being with ourselves and so, like literally wrapping ourselves in love and feeling that, whoo. And, I mean, even from, I'm glad that you feel that way too, because I almost start crying anytime I do it. And it, that's, I combine that with affirmations. And for me, that's when the affirmations really stick in a real way, because you're already in that space of being receptive to it. Without that, I feel like it's hard to be receptive because you're not in your body. You're not in your your energy, but when you're in the energy, it all you're like, well, of course, I'm worthy. Of course, all these beautiful things. Right. Duh. Hello, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really powerful. Is just to be in that space and give yourself that gift of doing that every t every. You can do it multiple times a day. Any time that you're just feeling really hard on yourself, or you're feeling like you want to shame, or 
you know, blame yourself or whatever. Yeah. Just do that, you know? And I'm, I'm definitely going to start doing that. Like, it's because, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're just like, we could be doing this or how come we're not, you know, we're someone 10 years, you know, who's like 10 years ahead of us. Like, how come I'm not making the money that I want? You know, I'm not like a bajillionaire yet. And <laughs> I don't own like this huge mansion in the middle of California. Like, you know, and so it's like, you forget because you're like, you get so hard on yourself because if you're an entrepreneur, you're ambitious. Like there, there's just no, cause you work hard. Um, and you work more, right? Because it's like you love and you're so passionate about what you're doing that you're always in it no matter what. Because a lot of times, and I know for you, right? It's like, it's your life's purpose. Like the stuff that we do in this coaching, it's like, this is what we were put on this earth to do. And we're so passionate about it and we want to be great. And we want to just do everything like so big, right? On this like big scale. And it's nice to kind of like just take that moment and just like, love on yourself. Like, like it sounds so simple. Um, but it's just, just loving on yourself. And, um, one other thing I'll do is I, like if I, you know, and I hadn't known, didn't know about this one minute like thing, which is probably going to be super amazing tool that I can use and everyone else can use. So thank you for that. But I would just sit and be like, what would feel like love right now? Sometimes it's a nap. Sometimes it's going outside in fresh air, but it's just asking like, what would feel like love right now? Um, but I almost feel like if I just hug myself, <laughs> that might solve like all of my problems. <laughs> I love it because um, it, you, it, no matter who you are <laughs> in the world, no matter how busy you are, yeah. you can do it. Like, you know, like you can. And I mean, obviously in an ideal world, we'd all have hours of time to just mm -hmm. love on ourselves, but you know, and do those beautiful things. And when you have the chance, absolutely go do it. But this kind of gives you like a no excuse. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's no excuse for not having 30 it's seconds. 60 seconds, people. Come on, ladies. You can give yourself 60 seconds, like in any part of the day, like when you're in the elevator by yourself or walking up the stairs, <laughs> like pause for a moment, like 60 seconds. Like it's nothing out of your day, really. But it would, I'm, I can only imagine like the shifts if you did it like even one time a day, like just once yeah. a day. Like, I'm sure that there's massive shifts, like no doubt about it. <laughs> I would totally agree. <laughs> well, Brittany, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing like the tips and how to get started. Um, I love all of it. For those of you, for the listeners who want to reach you, what is the best way to find you? Yeah. So, um, I have a blog called lifeasbrittany.com. Um, it's spelled a little bit funny, so <laughs> we'll put it um, in, in the description of the the episode. So I'm like Britney Spears without the E. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I also have a Facebook community called Magnetic Queens, um, and this is for women who are ready to heal and let go of the past in terms of their romantic relationships, so that they can become available for new and healthy love. So whether you're going through a breakup or a divorce. Or you've just been dating a while and you're like, oh my gosh, like over the apps. <laughs> what is going on with all these dead end dates? You know, like that's the kind of um, work oh. that I do. So, yeah. Awesome. So I will be sure to post um, the links in the episode description, but thank you again so much for being here. Um, so and yeah, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I love it. I love that. Like, it's just like, I totally feel everything that you were saying. <laughs>
Um, but um, thank you. And for those of you listening, all you queens, stay tuned for next week's episode um, and make it a great one. Bye.